What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Fantasy Alarm's two-minute drill. I'm Dan Malin. I'm joined by James Grande. We are recapping week 10 of the fantasy football season. Grande, week 10, season-long, DFS. How'd it go for you? Um, It did not go well, Dan. Uh, we were on this pod last week, and I had a great week nine. And, you know, it's something you said at the end of last week really hit home. And it really showed its colors this week. And you were talking about, I think, a buddy of yours who was like, oh, I had a great week nine. And you were like, well, that's not a good thing because all the crap teams did well and all the good teams did poorly. Well, Dan, me and your buddy definitely did not have good week tens. <laughs> so if wherever he is or she, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm pouring one out for us, uh, Dan Allen's buddy. Yeah, I have a, I don't know, I, I, I'm doing much better in DFS this season than I am in my season long leagues. I'm not doing terrible in season long. Uh, like I'm going to be tied for first in my big money league after this week, but at the same time I've, I've lost like two or three straight. So um, I've definitely been investing more of my time, more of my research uh, into DFS. It's been a really good start halfway through the season. Um, <clears throat> so let's segue to winners and losers. We are going to take a different approach this week to the podcast. So do stay tuned. Um but a winner for me, it's kind of hard to pinpoint one only because I ate a lot of chalk. I was looking at ownership as soon as it became available in my single-entry cash game contests, and I ate almost too much chalk that as soon as I saw the ownership numbers, I did not think that I was going to cash. Luckily, a couple late Jerry Judy catches um, you know, really barely kind of pushed me into the green. In some of my, in some of my cash game contests this weekend, I was like – 0.7 points away from not cashing. Um, but a winner for me this week, I guess I'll just take Dalvin Cook. Didn't have a huge day, but he was under 20% owned in most of my cash games. Um, you know, didn't explode, but the price was still really good. He was only eight grand on DraftKings. Um, came a few yards short of the 100 yard bonus, uh, but he still found the end zone, had a good day, was heavily involved uh, despite the off field stuff that's going on with him. So winner for me is Dalvin Cook. He he played a huge part. He was like the one uh, aspect of my lineup where I didn't go full chalk. And uh, so Dalvin Cook is my winner this week. I'm just going to go with the Chiefs offense. We've been crapping on him for a couple weeks. Uh, you even said, you know, I, I think you said along the lines of like, I think the topic was do the Chiefs suck? I think that was exa- actually exactly. Well, the I brought it up each of the last couple weeks because like they haven't been looking good. And so. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan, and so, like, during the – when Tom Brady was still with New England, it was like I understood everybody wanted to see New England fail. But from my perspective, I didn't want to see the Chiefs, right. you know, reach the pinnacle of success. So I was kind of, like, enjoying the fact that they were, you know, like, yeah, you won one Super Bowl, great. But you're kind of going backwards now, and the rest of the league is kind of caught up to them. Um, didn't look last night. Didn't, didn't look that way last night, uh, last night too. Uh, against a really good pass rush and – um, I think they're back, Dan. I, it's one game. They might not be back, but uh, Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns. He walked in in one of the nicest suits I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, that's what $350 million gets you. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs offense, primarily Patrick Mahomes, but everyone feasted because Mahomes uh, was so good. So Chiefs offense was my winner. Uh, loser for me. I almost want to say myself. I do have to crack a massive egg over my own face. Uh, in my DST coach last Friday, I said to fade the Cowboys defense. That was the wrong call. 
slightly uh, wrong. Yeah, slightly I wrong. was fairly concerned. Well, I was looking at it. I'm like, you know, Atlanta's coming off a good performance against a good defense in New Orleans. Uh, Dallas, I expected the offense to bounce back. I mean, Dak was my cash game quarterback yesterday. Uh, had a solid day. Uh, but I, I thought, I thought the, the Falcons' offense was going to put up more of a fight. Uh, but, hey, kudos to Dan Quinn. He had the upper hand. He knew exactly what to expect from the team. Um, I was concerned about Randy Gregory. I thought the pass rush would suffer a little bit. But uh, Atlanta's offensive line is still terrible. So I had a bad call. Uh, but another player that kind of killed me in some season-long leagues that very well could have ended my season-long run in, in a couple leagues, A.J. Brown. Awful day. Uh, I think he, what, had just one catch? Or, yep. uh, yeah, um, he was my winner a couple weeks ago because I cashed comfortably with him at low ownership in, on DraftKings. Um, I, I don't think this is indicative of how the rest of his season will go, but it was a very uncharacteristically poor game uh, from him. Yeah, uh, and my Chipotle gate theory is now out the window, so thanks, AJ Brown. Um my loser is Tom Brady, and uh, I it's was heavily I was heavily invested in Brady and the Bucks coming off a bye against a bad Washington defense, a one that lost Chase Young. Hopefully, um, he recovers, makes full recovery from ACL tear uh, that he suffered, non-contact injury, didn't look good, and uh, now we can confirm ACL. But um, a Chase Youngless defense for most of that game. A Bucks team coming off a bye. Uh, I think that Tom Brady has a, you know, his old nemesis was Eli Manning. New school nemesis, Dan, Taylor Heineke. Uh, Brady has just, there's something about Taylor Heineke that has Brady shaking in his boots. Uh, something that I will keep in mind when I deploy him in DFS moving forward. <laughs> um, all right. So we're taking a different approach this week with the podcast. Uh you know, this typically comes out on Tuesdays, but, you know, we figured let's take a different approach with it. By by the time you're listening to this, you know how the games unfold. You, you know who had a good game and a bad game. Uh, so we're going to make this more player centric. Um, I have two games on tap where the first one is called How Do We Feel About? And it's pretty simple. Uh, I'm going to give uh, a few players, uh, possibly even like a few teams uh, to Grande and we'll kind of bounce back and forth. But how do you feel about Devontae Smith? Three touchdowns in his last two weeks, but only on 12 targets. Uh, the Eagles don't throw it a ton, um, and I'm still convinced that Jalen Hurts is not a very good passer. Uh, but prior to that, prior to his last two games, Smith hadn't scored since week one. Uh, and he made a couple of my cash game lineups. I, I still did okay despite his poor performances. But, you know, even last week where Jalen Hurts didn't even attempt, I don't think Hurts last week reached 20 pass attempts. But Smith did get five targets, and he found the end zone, and then he scored twice this past week what do you expect from Devonte smith forward can he be a reliable wide receiver to finish maybe in the top i'm not going to say 15 because that's a little too high can he be a top 24 wide receiver i'm not fully convinced and it's not it's not a knock on him it's mostly i just don't think the eagles throw it enough where he can keep up this level of efficiency yeah i mean it was another very good game script for philly uh, in terms of what they want to do in running the ball. Um, at least it played out that way, not one that I think most of us figured it would. Uh, Denver does have a poor rush defense, but um, I mean, I feel okay about him. You and I have, on multiple occasions, talked about 
Jalen Hurts the real quarterback versus Jalen Hurts the fantasy quarterback. But not once did we really mention his passing. It was always, uh, you know, his ability to run the football and his ability to, you know, get us garbage time, yards, and whatnot. Um, He still hasn't looked good as a passer. He looked pretty good as a passer last week. He should have had a third passing touchdown uh, that Quez Watkins dropped in the end zone. So um, maybe some progress. Do I think Devonta Smith is going to have – how many seasons or how many weeks we have left? Seven. Um, I would say Devonta Smith has maybe one more top twelve finish, maybe two top twelve finishes. It's very hard to stay this consistent when you're when you're like you said, Dan. They're just not throwing the football. Um, maybe in a better game script, you know, he'll stand out. But I feel good about him, as in uh, he is a weekly high end wide receiver three uh, with probably more wide receiver two upside than wide receiver one upside. How do we feel about TJ Hawkinson? Uh, massive buzz this past week with just it, – it wasn't even like he – I mean, at least A.J. Brown had a catch. You know, uh, Hawkinson had just one target, which is kind of insane because I want to say he was coming off in his previous two games. Uh, I, he had double-digit targets in at least one of them. I want to say over the past two weeks he had 18 targets, just one this week in just an ugly, ugly game against the Steelers. Um, you know, the Lions didn't lose, but they also didn't win. So it's like they're not going to go 0-17. Uh, but Jared Goff has just eight touchdowns on the year and just one in his last five games. Are we confident, TJ Hawkinson, you're not dropping him, but are we confident that he finishes as a top 10 tight end? Uh, so we saw this kind of earlier, right, where he was going through like this lull, this like three-week spell where he had – a few targets. I and his exact was. words were that defenses were scheming for him. Like they were putting two bodies on right. him and they were just taking him away. But then he like, and a lot of the analysts in the industry were saying like, he'll, he'll break out of this. Like he will get the workload. And he did. It was just kind of surprising did. that, you know, they just went back. Like they couldn't get him. They couldn't like get him more than one target. It's, it's, it's a little mind numbing. It, it's definitely concerning. Um, I do think, there's the potential, and I'm not saying that Josh Reynolds is this, like, going to turn around the – help turn around the offense. But, like, you know, he has a rapport with Goff. He's better than the options that they have. Um, so I do think he may open up things for Hawkinson a little more. Um, but it's also hard to ignore – look, one target, zero catches, horrible. 11-9-11, that was, those are the numbers we are looking for. Those are the three weeks prior to this week. So uh, I do think Hawkinson – is going to finish the top 10 tight end. Dude, it's like the position is so bad. It is such a bad position. Even with – he was the tight end 47 going into Monday Night Football as we record. Um, and he's still tight end 7 overall. Like, he had zero fantasy points, and he's still tight end 7. So, like, that shows you, like, he has another good week. And we're back to like, okay, TJ Hawkinson, or tight end one season. How do we feel about the Bills' backfield? Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, <laughs> Matt Breida all scored uh, on Sunday, which was nice to see. I got bailed out. Uh, I told a lot of people in the NFL seasonal chat to start Zach Moss. Um, and I, I didn't start Zach Moss anywhere. I don't own him in a ton of leagues. Uh, but when he did score, find the end zone, I was a little relieved just because that at least – you know, salvages some of the some of the day at least. 
Um, <clears throat> but do we think Moss can reclaim the role he had prior to his injury, especially the kind of role that he played late last season where the Bills were just feeding him the ball as the season ended? Or do we think that this is maybe a three-headed backfield that where – you know, Moss and Singletary certainly worth owning. Matt Brino is worth owning in a deeper league. But now with the emergence of, of Brita, is this a three-headed monster where you just don't know who to start each week? And are these guys just going to be wasting a bench spot? I mean, I hated this backfield coming into the year, and I hate it even more right now. Um, I am a Matt Brita stan, but in no, in no format do I really have any interest. Yes, he scored twice. Dan, you know how many snaps Matt Breida played oh, in man. Week 10? If you had to guess, how many snaps did Matt Breida play? 20? Eight. Oh, boy. <laughs> he played eight snaps. The breakdown was Zach Moss played 28. Devin Singletary played 22. Matt Breida played eight. Eight snaps. So, like, I get it. You know, he scored twice. He's going to pop. Not a lot of interest there. Singletary is – it's just we need one of these guys for them to be – for the other to be – have really any week-to-week value. I, I think this situation is even worse now that Breda's active. <laughs> you know, like he hasn't been active in some weeks, um, and now he's active. I think this is a mess. I don't have any interest. So uh, how do I feel? I feel – like, this is a, a really crappy situation that's just getting worse with Matt Breed active. Crap sandwich. Uh, how do we feel about Javante Williams? The Broncos head on by a uh, pretty tough loss. Uh, I don't want to dwell on the lack of effort by Teddy Bridgewater, but <laughs> the lack of an effort in trying to make a tackle there, it, it didn't just cost them a game, but if 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 we get to the end of the year and the Broncos miss miss the playoffs by one game or whatever, like that is kind of a defining moment. Like that really just put the game in hand for Philadelphia. Like Denver had still had a shot to come away and like get the win, but he couldn't even make like attempt to tackle Darius Slay <laughs> on that return. Um, but this is supposed to be about Javante Williams, so I apologize for the tangent. Uh, but Williams has looked great when he's been given the ball. The problem is still that, you know, the Broncos are not going away from Melvin Gordon. Uh, Denver's on bye. But following their bye week, the schedule is ridiculous. Uh, the Broncos get the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Lions, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Chargers, and then they finish the season in week 18 against the Chiefs. Do we finally see a Javante Williams breakout game following the week off? Or does Denver not have enough brass to go away from Melvin Gordon. I understand. I, I, I don't like playing like, well, you know, maybe he get like Melvin Gordon will get hurt. I, I don't like predicting injuries, Never. but you know, I think Gordon fumbled in the game. And so I'm kind he of did. like, yep, he did. <clears throat> like there's, there's never a more perfect time to actually fumble than before the bye week because the, you know, your coaching <laughs> staff kind of gives you a week to like, you know, go on vacation and forgive him. Um, but could we possibly see Javante Williams finally break out against the Chargers, who were supposed to have the worst run defense in the league? So I think what's interesting, Dan, and it, it has been like people just wanting to talk about Javante Williams no matter what, in any situation, any capacity. It's like this guy is supposed to – I mean, he got – a very polarizing figure right now. He is, yeah, and, and he got comp to Alvin Kamara in the preseason. That is a, you know – a very crazy comp when you're handing out to one of the best, most versatile running backs we've seen in, in some time. Um, 
But I do think there was a slight changing of the guard in week nine. Um, and maybe it's due to the score. Maybe it's due to the fumble. Um, for the first time all year, Javante Williams outsnapped uh, Melvin Gordon. And it was 57-43. Um, for context, Melvin Gordon has only hit 60% of the snaps once this year. So, you know, it wasn't far off for Javante this first time, you know, taking the reins to almost hit a 60% snap share. So um, it is a very close race. And I do believe Denver is going to try to compete to win this division. Um, because they're only what a is game it? out of it. Like it's they're five out. and five, it's, but everybody else in the division is six and four or five. Right. And four. So it's, there's no reason for them to believe that they're out of this race at all. Um, so I do think we're going to still see a split. Um, but obviously the long-term appeal is Javante Williams, because if they do fall out of the race, I mean, what do you have to offer with Melvin Gordon anymore? It's, it's going to be the Javante Williams show. All right. How do we feel about literally anybody in Carolina? Uh, Cam Newton. Uh, So Matt Rule uh, told reporters earlier on Monday that Cam Newton, they're going to work him with the ones. They're going to give him a full week to prepare uh, for this this coming week's matchup. So it it sounds like he's going to be the starter. And like in in a limited role this past week, they kind of mixed in uh, Newton with P.J. Walker, XFL legend. Uh, but Newton rushed in and got a touchdown, and then he took his helmet off and took an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. <laughs> Worth it, I guess, because it didn't really cost him the game at all. Uh, then he also threw a touchdown pass. I believe it was to Robbie Anderson. So how do we feel about guys like Anderson? This has to be a huge bump for DJ Moore because the, the production he was getting with Sam Darnold was abhorrent. Um, nobody expects like anything to change with Christian McCaffrey. He's going to get like his 25 minimum touches. Uh, but should we see the Carolina offense actually, I guess, uh, improve with Cam? Cam was not good with New England. Uh, came in in a small sample size on Sunday. Obviously, it looked good. It was it was exciting. Right. You feel you you feel happy for Cam because, yep. 100%. Um, you know, he, he is a very dynamic. He player. belongs not, in that. He belongs in that jersey, dude. He, he really does. In that jersey. Um, but what does this do for mostly Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore the rest of the season? I mean, is it, though, like, is it, like, that massive of an upgrade? Like, okay, it is an upgrade because Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold was, was trash. He oh. was absolute trash. No doubt about it. But is it, like, an upgrade where you're like, man, I feel so good about my shares of Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore? I don't think that is how I feel about it. Um, I don't have many shares. I actually dropped Robbie Anderson. The one league I had Robbie Anderson in, I dropped him uh, already. So it wasn't something that I'm, you know, was even like kind of thinking about. I was like, oh, PJ Walker, like there's not going to be like this sudden bump in production. I don't really need to worry about it. Um, And ultimately I think it hurts McCaffrey as well because we saw there was three instances where McCaffrey should have scored and he didn't because Cam had two of them. So, I mean, I definitely think that there's, you know, it feels good and it's definitely going to be an upgrade from Donald. But, like, are we now consider like, is it enough or are they going to be league winners? I don't think so. All right, we're moving on to the next, uh, I guess we could still call it a game. Can they be dropped? Let's start off with Jarvis Landry. Obviously, you're not owning a guy like Jarvis Landry in standard formats. He just doesn't find the end zone at all. Uh, but is he still worth holding in PPR formats? He's not finding the end zone. Even in PPR, PPR formats, 
you know, you're happy if you can get maybe five catches, uh, maybe 45 to 50 yards. I think he had one good game, and it might have been in week one. Is Jarvis Landry, given the current state of the Cleveland Browns, is, can he be dropped? I mean, yeah. If So is there any official word on Mayfield? Are we going to get Case Keenum next week? Day to day? So I guess really he's to tell. Play. I mean, we're recording this Monday night, so like they're he's not dated, even going to start so he's officially dated, Yeah, yeah, and he's officially day to day. I mean, okay, here's the schedule. We will we have some interest against the Lions, <clears throat> right? That's fine. That's a that's a fine matchup. Uh, and then he gets the Ravens twice, two games in a row against the Ravens. I feel good about. It's a, Is there a bye week a, in between? There's a bye week wedged yeah. in between. Do we feel good about him against the Ravens? Not really. Then it's the Raiders, who I guess, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes exploited them, but their defense had looked decent prior to that. And then they end Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Cincy. I'm not playing Jarvis Landry in any of those games. If if you do have a week 18, uh, you know, championship, even a week 17, we just saw the Steelers are, have been a good defense. The yeah. Packers have been awesome. Uh, in the last couple weeks, I think Jarvis Land is droppable. I think if you need a roster spot, he is droppable. Cool. Uh, next up, Dalton Schultz. Is he droppable? It's a touchdown-dependent position, and he hasn't scored in his last five games. Michael Gallup is back, and there are too many mouths to feed in this offense. Would you be dropping him for – I'll name four players. Would you drop him for Dan Arnold, Pat Fryermuth, Adam Troutman, or Cole Komet? Yes to Fryermuth. Um, you have as long to drop as big, him for Darnold. For Arnold. You're, yeah, Darnold. Yes, yeah, um, Sam. Sam. Sam uh, Dan, <laughs> Not Dan dropping him for Arnold. Sam Darnold, but we are dropping him for Dan. Arnold. Dan Arnold, definitely. Um, Cole Komet, and who was the last one? Troutman. Troutman's actually a pretty good streaming option this week. Troutman is a pretty good streaming option because Trevor Simeon has been legit. Um, yes to all four. I think. With Gallup back, I think all four. Uh, they do. They put up forty points, and he didn't do anything. So, actually, he could have done something if he had laid out for a touchdown. Like it was, it was just inches from his hand in the end zone, and I wasn't sure if he thought like a hit was coming to him, but he he just didn't extend or, or lay out for the play. I was kind of bummed out by that one. But next up, uh, this is probably going to be an easy one. Are you? Are we finally dropping Mike Davis? Gets an okay workload every week, but obviously with the emergence of Cordero Patterson. Uh, there's no reason to really trust him or give him like an even bigger workload. He, to me, he looks like the second in a, in a Falcons uniform. He looks like the second coming of Michael Turner. So you must not have heard the news, Dan. Oh, I clearly did not. What is what's happening? Poor Daryl Patterson has an ankle injury. Oh God. So <laughs> it's Mike Davis season is back on baby. Um, so um, five hours ago, Pelissero okay. reported that there is a sprained ankle, and it doesn't sound optimistic for Thursday. He's not going to play Thursday. But do you are you are you playing Mike Davis against the Patriots <laughs> on a short week? There are some leagues that I'm very desperate in. Um, maybe because he catches passes. If you're in, if he goes. 10 for 44 and 5 for 23. He gets like he's done like eight times this year and gets you 10 fantasy points. Not the worst. Do I love it? No. 
But if you are desperate and there's nothing on your waiver wire, um, maybe. 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 Moving on. Uh, Nicole Hardman. <laughs> His ownership oh, is yeah. still relatively high. I think it's, I've seen it over 45% on some sites. Um, he just doesn't do anything. And yeah. I think like the allure with him was obviously he's in a great offense. Sammy Watkins departed uh, for, I guess, purple or pasture with the Ravens. Um, <laughs> but is it finally time to cut ties with Michael Harbin? He, I think he got outsnapped last night by Josh Gordon. He just doesn't do anything. Like, he's just eating up a roster spot. He's not, he's not going to be a reliable wide receiver three as much as we all want him to be. Patrick Mahomes still relies on Hill, Kelsey. They've been, they mixed in Daryl Williams pretty well last night. It's finally cut times time to just like let go of Michael Hardman. Yeah, and Pringle. Pringle played 46 snaps compared to uh Hardman's 24. Pringle ran 34 routes, the second most out of the receiver core, out of the receiving core. So yeah, get this guy the heck out of your team uh and move on. Just look, here it is, Dan. Ready? Here's the advice that you may have not heard since the beginning of time. Wide receiver two in Kansas City doesn't work because there is a condensed target share to two guys you may have heard of in Hill and Kelsey, and then the check down to the running back, or apparently bombs to Darrell Williams. Um, <laughs> but that's it. So, yes, send McCole Hardman to the moon. As, as talented as he may be, it's just not the fit for fantasy football in this offense. All right, last one for me. Um... This one is one that I've said no, I'm not dropping this player for weeks for one particular sub. And I and I and, and I have a special place in my heart for this one subscriber that we have in our chat. But he's asked me almost weekly or daily when I'm in, when he sees me in there, and it's going to be a no for me until the end of time because as soon as you drop this player, somebody else will pick him up. But I just need like I I don't know if I'm going insane or if 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 the question is just getting to me. But are you dropping Calvin Ridley? It's going to be a no for me because he doesn't have an injury. He's dealing with some mental health issues, and everybody wants him to obviously do what's best for him. But Lane Johnson also left earlier in the season for mental health issues, and he missed three games. You know, we don't have we don't know when Ridley will be back. Like this is something that you can't just give a timetable for, like an ACL tear. Right. Like yeah, it, that's a drop. Uh, you know, a groin injury or a hamstring injury, like that's something that can be easily reaggravated. But you don't drop a guy for that. Are you right. dropping Calvin Ridley? Please tell me I'm not insane by just repeatedly saying no. No, you're not insane at all. You're not dropping Calvin Ridley. There's no – this isn't a fantasy sport where your league likely has, like, two bench spots. You know, like, you have to be playing in one psychotic league to have that type of format. Um, your bench will be much de- – like, will be deep enough to where you can stash Calvin Ridley – um, there's a reason why he was being drafted in the top five of receivers. Um, there's a reason why, um, you know, he has been so good since entering the league. I mean, this is a special player who's going through something mentally, and that happens. Um, you're not just dropping him because he's going through something um, that he didn't even – he didn't indicate he was going to sit out the rest of the year. He didn't indicate any of that. He's just – Dealing with something that he has to get over, and he could very well be back at any moment. Uh, we wish nothing but the best, but um, do not drop him um, really in any capacity because, you know, we're, we handcuff running backs, right? 
Mm-hmm. We stat we we have second quarterbacks for no reason on our bench. We want a defense, so we sh- we put the, they're on a bye. We keep them. Like there are plenty of other ways. If your quarterback is already had a bye, get rid of your second quarterback. If you have a second defense because you wanted to stream while your defense was on a bye, get rid of your second defense. There's plenty of other ways to make sure Calvin Ridley stays on your roster because when he comes back and the person you play in the playoffs has Calvin Ridley. You know you're screwed. So uh, you're not driving. You're not crazy, Dan, and you're not dropping Calvin Ridley for all those that still happen. Well said. All right, man. Believe it or not, take it away. All right, just two for you, uh, Dan, and uh, we're gonna start with your New England Patriots. Oh yes, um, because there were four players for the New England Patriots that finished in the top twelve at their respective positions this week, Dan. Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Andre Stevenson, Kendrick Bourne, yeah. and Hunter Henry. Dan, my question to you is, of the four, which do you believe to have the most sustainable uh, week-to-week starting value? Um, and you can there could be more than one, but which of the, of the four? You know, this is not just A, B, C, or D. It could be all of the above. Um, but which of the four do you believe can be started on a week-to-week basis. It's not going to be Stevenson, as awesome as it was to see him excel and and, <clears throat> and do great. Uh, that, for as many uh, people as I told to start Zach Moss, on the other end of the spectrum, I did tell a lot of people to start Ramondre Stevenson this week. Um, so you take the good with the bad. Uh, if I have to pick one of these four, it's going to be Hunter Henry. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like he started, scored a touchdown um, in as many games in like his last six or seven games. Um, I wrote him up in the waiver wire article. He needs to be rostered almost everywhere. That's a touchdown dependent position. Um, and if you look at like the overall catches, the yards, it's not great. Uh, but he is being looked at when they're getting closer to the, to the red zone or in the end zone in general. Um, and with John Smith out, he obviously excelled and, you know, when John gets back, like they'll still try to keep him involved as well. But Bill, loves hunter henry made it a priority to go out and sign him this year mac jones is <laughs> i wasn't really a f- i wasn't really fully bought in i'm not gonna lie i was not like completely sold on mac jones until this past week because i've seen pro football focuses you know repetitive tweets about you know mac jones has like the highest passer rating or the highest <laughs> yeah, quarterback rate. and i'm like yeah like i understand like that's your grade but my eyeballs are not telling me like that he's that good <laughs> But he looks phenomenal he against the Browns. Like that touchdown pass great. to uh, Kendrick Bourne was an absolute thread. Um, it was nice to also see Jacoby Myers finally get in the end zone. Um, we round of applause for Jacoby Myers. However, uh, like holy cow! Good lord, uh, he definitely deserved that. So if I'm going to pick one of these four, it's going to be Hunter Henry. I I don't think we can. I, I love what I'm seeing from Mac Jones. He's getting better. The Pats have won four straight games. Um, probably one of the top five teams in the AFC right now. Yeah, I said it. Yep. Like, they actually look great. The defense yep. is looking. They do. Um, and when they get Damian Harris back, like, yeah, it's it's a knock to Stevenson, but at the same time, like, Harris has, you know, he's dealt with a concussion. I think he's also had, like, a shoulder or a wrist injury as well. So, you know, it, it might benefit Harris's game to, like, take some of the workload off him, give it to Stevenson. I still don't trust Stevenson completely, although on a short week this week, Stevenson could be a really nice play if Harris misses Thursday's game. Uh, but of these four, I feel best about starting Hunter Henry. 
Um, it's, it's really it, – there, there's no way I trust Kendrick Bourne on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, Hunter Henry currently uh, tight end four right now, Dan, uh, yeah. to your point. Kudos to Coop because Coop has been touting that guy pretty much all season long, dating back to like the yin-yang column that he writes prior to the season. So right. Andrew Cooper gets a big shout-out because he's been uh, pumping Henry's tires almost all year. All freaking year. Um, and then our final question, Dan, uh, because I agree with you of the four, I think it's strictly right now uh, just Hunter Henry on that Patriots offense. Is, yeah, I mean, it's like it's also like you said, it, like what maybe five ten minutes ago, the tight end position sucks, and you're it getting sucks. a tight end that's you know a t- a touchdown threat weekly uh, as of right <laughs> now. And so you know, like we're getting nothing. Like uh, <clears throat> Kyle Pitts is getting targets, but I mean. Still not finding the end zone as much as I would like. He doesn't score. Darren Ballers, you know, come with some variance. Travis Kelsey's had some bad games. Like Hunter Henry, you know, like he's he cost you nothing in draft season, and he's available on the waiver wire, and he's he's getting in the end zone. Like go get him. Yeah, I mean, he can give you one catch, one touchdown, seven seven point one fantasy points, and you feel good about your tight end spot. Um, Okay, Dan, to wrap us up here, um, and it kind of. Dates back to one of your segments and can they be dropped? Um, but I want to take a look at a Denver Bronco receiver. No, not Tim Patrick. Oh, no. No, not Jerry Judy. Oh. <clears throat> it is Corlin Sutton, Dan. Because in the four games that he and Jerry Judy have shared a field, do you know what his the high in targets he's had? Give me the give me the most targets you think he had in a game sharing the field with Jerry Judy. Oh man. Uh say it. Four. Uh you should have stuck with three. I saw it kind uh, of, he was halfway out. It was like 33% out. Three. Um actually I take it back. You were right. It was four against Washington, um, uh three against Philly last week, three against the Giants in week one, two against Dallas. So we have a a four-game sample with Jerry Judy where Cortland Sutton has 12 targets. Do you believe, Dan Mellon, to wrap up the show, that Cortland Sutton is droppable coming out of their bye week? Even now, because they're on a bye. So he's had 12 targets and then goes on a bye. Is Cortland Sutton droppable? It's one of those situations where I'm not dropping him. However, I'm not going to argue with people if they want to drop him, only because... I'm pretty flexible with how I treat um, wide receivers and more specifically wide receiver two. I think wide receiver two is probably one of the more, well, it's not as streamable as like tight end or kicker or DST, but in comparison to like quarterback and running back, like your wide receiver two is fairly streamable in my position. Like that's a spot where I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll take the matchup perhaps. And I mean, Judy over his last four games has a total of 14 targets um, and only 10 catches in that span. So, I mean, since Judy has come back, yeah, he's 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 taken a bit of a hit. And I'm, <laughs> you know, it's similar to Moss. Like, I told a lot of people to, like, you know, keep playing Sutton because I thought, like, at worst he was a low-end wide receiver too. And it does suck. Like, I'm not dropping him. However, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to hold on to him because this is obviously pretty concerning. And if there's somebody better on the waiver wire, um, man, I'm trying to think of like who might be available. It's kind of in that range. Like I would drop him for Rashad Bateman. I would right. probably drop him for Elijah Moore at this point. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to get Elijah Moore in as many leagues as possible. I think those are a couple of guys that 
I would rather have over Cortland Sutton. Um, and maybe a couple other guys. Uh, Hunter Renfro might be a little too uh, overowned, but you know, def- definitely like if Bateman or Elijah Moore are available, I want them over Cortland Sutton as of right now. Isn't that crazy to think? Uh, just given yeah. the two prior to the knee injury two years ago, like what he was doing a mm-hmm. month ago against the Steelers. A month ago, yeah, a month ago. Scored back-to-back um, games, had 25 targets in that two-game span, and. Now here he is, and you know he's a pretty easy drop at this point. Yep, never would have thought it, but uh, here we are, Dan Malin. Here we are. All right. Well, apologies for going a little longer than usual. I mean, we try to keep these to like twenty minutes every week, and then we end up going forty. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope this format was a little more helpful uh, for you and your fantasy lineups. Uh, best of luck to the FA Nation going forward. Thank you so much, Grande. So best of luck to you and the FA Nation.